Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you an event rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on the current weekend's UFC event, complete with hot takes, possible next fights, and reactions to the overall card. Paid Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your Bloody Elbow fight analysts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the sixth round post-fight show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, Eddie Mercado. And if I sound extra bright and chipper today, it's because I'm actually awake. It's it's not uh, the middle of the night. We've got a UFC card. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. We're wrapped up. Yep, pretty uh, fucking awesome, I'm going to say. I love, yeah. I love yeah. morning cards. They're the absolute best. I can have an evening. I can go out to dinner. I can, you know, that's not normal for Saturday nights for me. You always, you always got to rate a a morning UFC card just a little bit higher. I'm basically still in my pajamas here. I I had to get up at like six 30 in the morning, but to watch fights and drink coffee, I can do that. Yeah. That's not bad. Not a bad way to wake up. Right. Yeah. Not a bad way to wake up. So we got, we're just coming here off this UFC 294 fight card. There we go. Yeah, this person get this guy gets it. But, you know, daytime saying. <laughs> oh, that's classic. It's true. It's true. Me in the daytime, whole different animal. But uh, we're coming straight off the end of this UFC 294 fight card, and I think if it weren't for the fact that it's the middle of the day and I'm feeling so amped off that this would be a really kind of wild fight card. It was a weird, a weird event. Uh, A lot of weirdness, a lot of wonkiness, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cool moments, right? Yeah. A lot of cool moments. Um, But yeah, just the fouls were kind of at a high, I'll say. I mean, anywhere from fence grabs to glove grabs to the illegal knees, um, not well, a lot the of qu- eye pokes, oddly enough. No eye pokes. A lot of questionable knees. That was the thing, is that like the illegal knees were sprinkled in with a bunch of knees that were almost illegal. Right. And so it's like we got this we got fights. Yeah, somebody as uh one of our viewers noted, worst officiated UFC card ever. That is what it feels like, really. Yeah. More than the fouls, it just feels like things were handled really weirdly. We had fights stopped like two or three times to check and see if knees were illegal, only to have the the ref immediately be like, oh, wait, I guess that wasn't. Go yeah, back and, to it. And another card where we have a questionable ringside physician coming in. Yeah. Kind of prompting fighters to bow out of the matches. At least that's allegedly, you know, that's what it seemed like to me. That's what it seemed like to me, too. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit, but... Obviously, first and foremost, front and center, mm-hmm. we got to talk about Islam Makachev, still UFC champion, off a head kick TKO for Alexander Volkanovsky. Over yeah, this is monumental. This is uh-huh. um, this is one of the greatest wins slash finishes in the history of the sport. Wow! Wow! 
you think about it. No one does this to Volkanovsky. Like their first fight, Volk made it debatable. I still think Islam yeah. won the first fight. Yeah. But it was debatable. Uh, and for him to come out and just first round head kick Volk like that, like that's that's monumental. That's monumental. Like this. It, I mean, we got to say the ten days notice thing though. Like sure. that's got to be there on on the radar. You can't. We can't right. just gloss over that. Well, it's in vol- ten years, nobody's going to be talking about that or remembering that. It's true. It's but, true. It is context for us in the moment. But you are right. In a long-standing highlights on a record, people are just going to see Islam Makachev head kicking Volk. Like the same way we see, you know, Crow Cop head kicking um, the the pro wrestler dude. What's his name? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, okay. The masked guy. Yeah. Uh, Whose name I can't remember now. I don't remember. But, uh, and just leaving them slumped. <laughs> and, like, you know, it's a huge, it, it's a really cool, I don't, I, I can't even remember his name. I just remember how cool that highlight is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but this was, I needed this from Islam. Like, I needed this. This kind of, I've always had that one who was that adriano martins is that who starched him back in the day yeah yeah that has finally been replaced like (laughs) this is now you know i feel like he's finally and you know credit to islam for dropping charles Oliveira before he finished them that was cool too but yeah to see him you know win a fight just purely with his strikes is that's i needed to see that i needed to see now i'm like oh yeah he's He's pound for pound. Like D- Dos Caras Jr. was the guy, the masked wrestler guy who mm. of course I, I he's one of those dudes that like I always have trouble remembering his name because he's better known as like Alberto Del Rio, El Patron, you know, mm. did all the pro wrestling stuff, has like five names that he's called by regularly in the ring. Actually, I'm seeing he's got like fifteen ring names. So but yeah. Yeah, wasn't he with Kabate for a little bit? Yeah, and then he had the whole like scandal of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Sex scandal. <laughs> so less said about that the better. But uh yeah, I mean this is just it uh, the thing I I keep thinking is like Makachev talking afterward after this big win and he's saying like, "Oh, well, we were training the head kicks for Charles Oliveira." And why, you know, it was like, oh, well, we'll just not, we, we won't change it up. We'll just do that for Volk too. And like, that is, that is the, the big weak spot in Volkanovsky's game to attack. So it's, it's, I mean, it's almost kind of an incidental coming to the right conclusion for, you know, random reasons. Like, oh yeah, we thought this would be a good game plan against Charles Oliveira. But like, you know, you're looking at, what are, uh, you know, it was the body kicks that were great for Makachev in the first fight. It was the, it was Yair's kicking game that gave Volk the most problems when he sat back for a minute in that fight. Like, Volkanovsky, he's short and he likes to fight compact. So those high kicks, it's a, it's a great option. And for Volkanovsky, or for Makachev to, to find that, yeah, I mean... It was it was 
it was cool. I'm also just a little sad because I didn't want to see Volk go out like that, you know? For sure. It's hard to watch, but that's what makes it so monumental for me. Like, nobody does this to Volk. Yeah. And of all, like, Yair couldn't do it. Like, if, if anyone's going to do it, it's it's Islam Makachev. Like, that's the guy that's going to head kick KO Alexander Volkanovsky. Definitely didn't didn't have that on my MMA bingo card, right? Yeah, no, I figured I was th- expecting a close fight where we would all be like, "Yeah, okay, Volkanovski shouldn't have taken it on short notice. He didn't have the energy to get, you know, to push the pace so he did the first time." But he did okay. He did all right. He he competed, and otherwise, I'm picking Makachev to win and grind him down, and you know, just take the fight to him. But yeah, for him to just go out there and knock him out, and two, it it sends the message too. Like even Volkanovski said afterward, like I always back myself, but against this guy on ten days' notice, maybe I back myself into a corner. You know? Yeah. Like a huge opportunity, though, right? You got to, of gotta, course, you got to take these moments. Yeah. Um, no, no blame to him for taking it, but it's it sends a message from Makachev, like you have to be perfect. You have to come in at your best if you think you're just going to come in and have a scrap with me i'm going to put you away and honestly maybe that speaks to Oliveira backing out of the fight not being fully prepared like hey i'm cut i'm not nope i want to come as as close to 100 percent as i possibly can yeah man wild finish uh you know can't help feeling just a little bit what could have been had this been able to be on a full camp and all that, but I'm sure the local fans were thrilled by it. So you also can't say that the UFC lost out and no, they ended up out. like they, yeah, you get a head kick KO out of Islam. Like you couldn't ask for more. Yeah. You could not ask for more and who it was against. It ain't, it's not like, it's some Bobo. Like that's like an Alexander True. Volkanovsky. It's mine. I mean, this is this is it doesn't get any bigger, right? This you gotta is- think, you know, you remember like uh Anderson Silva stepping up to fight Daniel Cormier at Cormier on short notice. That fight wasn't half so half so interesting. It wasn't like you know, we didn't get that kind of thrilling win for Cor- DC even fighting a much smaller dude on short notice like that, a much smaller legend. So Makachev went out there and he did everything you could have asked for. Way more than what I could have asked for. Yeah. Like now, now I view him as a pound for pound grade. Like it took that. I didn't walk the first time, but I didn't, I didn't walk away feeling like he was the pound for pound. No, I mean, Volk, practically stayed above him on the pound for pound rankings for most people. Yeah. You know, As he they were like, it. he's yeah. the one that, that fought in different weight divisions. Yeah. Um, but for him to, you know, I don't want to say avenge cause it wasn't even a loss, but just avenge yeah. that performance the way he did head kick KO stanky leg, nasty, brutal ground and pound finish. Like, yeah. I mean, we've got somebody here noting, uh, you know, going to be hard to make an argument for Volk versus Islam three. And it will, you know, Volk at the end of that fight, he was like, I obviously, I got business to do down at one forty-five because my business is done here. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. 
I love that. Like, I, I love his his outlook, his how real he is about it. He, it yeah. doesn't sound like he lies to himself at all. No. You know, a lot of fighters are super delusional, and you kind of have to be. But he – he and it, honestly, it seems it, – it, it was a little alarming, his post-fight speech. You know, I kind of feel like he was alluding to his mental health. And how oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. he's not in a camp, he's not happy. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of concerns me, to be quite honest. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't fight forever, so you got to worry about like. Yeah, you, you can't know. just stay in camp your whole life. No, it, yeah. it, it was definitely one of those things where you hear him and you're like, great, we didn't lose out on a fight and you're going to get back in there and you're going to fight again soon. But also like, yeah, man, but you should have something else going on, you know. You're just like, are you OK, dude? Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. like, I know your smile, everything's great, but like, are you all right? Because, yeah, like, he said it twice, it wasn't like yeah. he just said it once. Like, no, 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 so yeah, definitely. I hope, you know, I hope he's got good people around him that are taking care of him because you don't want to hear somebody who you don't want to see somebody at the top of the sport just be so like, I need this and I, or I don't have anything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so definitely concerned. All right. That brings us to our co-main event, middleweight fight, Hamzat Chmaev, Kamaru Usman. This is more like kind of what I expected for Volkanovsky-Makachev, honestly. Like, I feel like this got flip-flopped for me. I was expecting Chmaev to go out there and just, like, blast Usman, and I'd feel really bad about it. And I was expecting Volkanovski to go out there and you'd be like, yeah, okay. You didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but you still really showed up and put on a good fight. And instead, it was the exact opposite. And it's Volkanovski getting blasted. And it's Usman going out there. And we're walking away like, yeah, he lost. He he lost the, the first round 10-8. Mm-hmm. But you could make a questionable argument for round two. I didn't give it to him, but I could see it. And then he, yeah. I gave the second round to Usman. Yeah, okay. That's what I said. He had the volume. You could could make the argument. I I figured it would go to Chimaev, but I could see the argument. And then there's no question at the end of that fight that Usman was the one winning it. You know? Mm, It was close. Round three, he won, definitely. I don't know, man. Clearer than round two. I don't know. I thought Usman clearly won the second round. Really? There was that late takedown for Hamzat there in the second, but like the striking, like Hamzat did not win that striking battle in the second round. No, he didn't. But the striking wasn't nearly as damaging as in the third when Usman was walking Hamzat down and really tagging him. Uh, I don't know. It was close. Uh, They were close. They were close. All right. All right. They were close. Um, let me see. Let also, me... I know. Um, so Hamzat broke his wrist in the first round. Oh, did he? Yeah. So he was out, uh, you know, out there with kind of one hand. Well, that explains why when they were like, ah, you can't wait to fight Sean Strickland next, right? And he was kind of like, eh, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. No, he's like, you want to fight Sean Strickland? And he's like, peace for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which was cool to hear him say. Yeah, no, I was I was surprised to uh, to see him being so like within himself and restrained and you know very sort of 
looking to send a different message other than just I'm gonna kill everybody. Yeah. See, even here, they're like, oh, I'm here for like money and you know security and my family and not titles. Like, this is a dude who has been claiming that he is going to mass murder the entire division up until so like clearly, you know, he's he's in a different place now. Let me see. Scorecards. Maybe fatherhood has changed him. Yeah, it could be. And you know, I think it's pretty clear too that obviously the uh you know, a lot of the fighters on this um, on this card were ta- are taking the Israel-Palestine war pretty seriously right now. You know, it's weighing oh, 100%, 100%. heavily. Hundred percent. And it's, I think, it was pretty clear that it was, you know, giving a lot of people some sobering consideration about how how important fighting is and sports are and all that with what's going on. So, to your point, Eddie, I was I was circumspect about this idea of giving Usman round two and not round three, all three judges turned in different scorecards. <laughs> nice. Kamara or Derek Cleary had 10, eight round one for Chimaev, 10, nine round two for Usman. Okay. 10, nine round three for Chimaev. That's what I have. Uh, David Lethaby had a 10, eight round one Chimaev, 10, nine round two Usman. Okay. Ten nine round three Usman, Whoa, which okay. I can see the argument. I mean, okay. if you're going to give him round two, I can, yeah, 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 I can see that argument. And then uh, Vito Pali- Palillo had it ten eight round one Chimaev, ten nine round two Chimaev, ten nine round three Usman. So, hey, yep, that's fine. It was it. it Honestly, for showing up on super short notice against Chimaev, up a division, that was a great performance from Kamaru Usman, you know? Um, somewhat surprising, especially with how dominated he was in that opening round. Mm-hmm. Like, he was dominated. Yeah. Dominated. Um, but, yeah, if, if Hamza did, broke his wrist in the first, you know, that, that might explain why he wasn't, you know, why he wasn't throwing. Yeah, like you look at him against Gilbert Burns, he was pulling the trigger. Yeah, like he was really. And you watch him here, and he 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 did. It didn't seem like he was willing to get in, into prolonged exchanges. And it's not like Usman is the most dangerous boxer out there. Mm-mm. So you know, maybe he was just fighting hurt and did what he had to do to get the win. But yeah, definitely a lot closer of a fight than I expected. Yeah. And, uh, well, now we've got the stage set for, well, I guess if his wrist's broken, it might be we have the stage set for Chimai or for uh, Strickland versus uh, Duplessis. So who knows? Oh, yeah. So here's the thing with that. Maybe he needs surgery on his wrist or some sort of rehab, um, which should give Paolo Costa enough time to heal up from his injury from the whole. And we do Costa Chimaev anyway. Absolutely, I need to see that. Absolutely, come on now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out of it. Like I said, the the only thing I was really, you know, that Chimaev had a great post fight speech, really measured, really uh, somber. But I was definitely surprised that, like, when they brought up Strickland, he was just like, eh, it's not, you know, I'm not here for titles. And it was like, okay, we'll see. I mean, you know, the UFC, they are not 
they're not shy about if you're not that interested, we won't be that interested either. So it could be that they just move on and find something else to do. Could be a paradigm shift he's having. Yeah. Like you're saying, he's going from smash, 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 kill everybody to peace. We don't need to be killing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but love. Who knows? All right. That brings us to a light heavyweight bout. Magomed Ankalaev. Huh, more like Wonkalaev, right? <laughs> this dude is in the wonkiest fights ever. Like, what is going on yeah. here? Right? Like, this was wonky. This was super wonky. That Kudalaba situation was wonky. That draw he had with Jan was wonky. Yeah. Wonkalaev, dude. Like, <laughs> he, he is clearly... There's clearly just some some bad vibes there, some real negative energy, a a vortex, a his chi is out of alignment. I don't know what it is. It's that rain cloud. He's got that uh yeah that MMA rain cloud. The MMA, he pissed the, the MMA gods off somehow, some way. I think um it might have been from failing that IQ test back in the day with Paul Craig. Yeah. Ever since he failed that, they've been smiting him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but this was really absurd. Um, (laughs) So, you know, uh, Ankalaev hits Walker with an illegal knee at uh, one of the many illegal strikes. One One of the only actual illegal knees on this card, though. Like, we saw like four or five before this were like, Oh no, that's illegal. And they show the replay and you're like, Oh, the hand, there's no weight on the hand. Cause if there's right. no weight on the hand, it's not, not illegal. The knees up, the knees are up. It's not illegal. Um, but this one clearly illegal. No question. And Walker is a little buzzed. Maybe. No, maybe definitely, he's definitely clipped by it. Definitely clipped by it. And the doctor goes out. They, 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 first of all, I was surprised, and I thought this was initially. I was like, "Okay, this is cool." They brought the ref goes over. He's like, "Okay, I want concussion protocol." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. You know what? Why not?" Mm-hmm. And now we know why not because <laughs> the doctor goes in there and he starts asking, uh, "You know, Walker, where are you? You know, what round is it?" And all that. And Walker just kind of shrugs and brushes him off. <laughs> and the doctor is just like, oh, okay, well, we're done. You don't know, that's it. And Walker is clearly present in the moment of like, oh, I'm still fighting. This is still a fight that I'm going to have. I'm ready for that mentally because mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, okay, well, great. The ref's walking. We're going to go back to fighting. I'm ready. Got my hands up. Everything's you know, no, and it's messed up. It's the uh, the thing is like he, you know, and, and the the doctor waves it off, and they're talking about like, oh, the doctor asked him where he, what country he's in, and it's like, I don't think Johnny Walker would know what country he's in if you asked him yesterday, you know. Well, even John Anik was like, if they asked me, I'd say Abu Dhabi, and that's wrong, right? Yeah, that's not the country. The United yeah, Arab UAE. Emirates is exactly. the country. So exactly, it's the kingdom. Of people would fail that. Yeah, it's the it's the an, it's the kingdom of Abu Dhabi. It's a, an emirate. 
So it's like it's a pop quiz at that point. Way. It's no longer concussion protocol. It's like an yeah. geography pop yeah. quiz. Are you going to Johnny Walker for your geography lessons? You are not. <laughs> you're not. He is not the dude that you're going to go to for tutoring. Yeah, this this, this ref man I, or this judge or, or excuse or me, ringside physician. Yeah, dude. He he's man. Uh, even Dana White comes into the to the cage. Well, first yeah, of all, he had the, to. The fight stopped, right? They, they call the fight. The physician recommends the fight stop. It stopped. Johnny Walker snaps. He's like, "Damn, that pushes the referee, pushes yeah. an official." Big no no. Then goes on to try to go after Ankalaev. Gets held back. Then Ankalaev starts going after him. Chaos ensues. Dana White comes in. He's like, "Johnny Walker, you better chill the fuck out, or you're gonna have a lot bigger problems." And Walker was like, "Oh." all right and kind of chilled out a they, little bit i mean i still think right then when walker started doing that everybody should have just got out of the way like just restart the fight yeah yeah just go just everybody go clearly oh okay we made a mistake clearly he this man will has the ability to still fight somebody yeah and but dana white he's in there and he he says and i quote the doc is inexperienced we'll figure it out so even dana white's like this fucking doctor guy Nah. But the the thing is, they run their own commission in Abu Dhabi. There's no Abu Dhabi commission. Mm-hmm. This is the UFC bringing all. You think Derek clearly, you know, Cleary is an Abu Dhabi judge, right? Like, right, hundred percent. The UFC is bringing in and approving all of the commission people that they have regulate their fights overseas. That's all their call. This dude was their call. Yeah, but um. At least they stuck to their guns, and once they stopped the fight, they kept it stopped. I guess there's, there is something to be said. For I mean, that. yeah, technically, if you're gonna actually have adjudication, you do have to stick by and say, "Oh no, we've made this decision." Yeah, that's it. You can't because otherwise, fighters will argue you to death about every. A fighter could, you know, it's the the whole Monty Python and the Holy Grail Black Knight situation where like. You could cut Dominic Cruz's leg off, and he's gonna be like, "No, no, I'm still good." Mm-hmm. You know, come on, you pansy, don't stop. <laughs> you know, it's but a scratch. Exactly, he's gonna be out there kicking uh, Keith Hacker. Uh, you know, Keith, Keith Peterson. Peterson. <laughs> yeah. So you can't technically listen to the fighters just because they say they want to keep fighting. But this was the situation where it's very clear that Johnny Walker was in a state mentally to continue fighting. He was just not in a state mentally to go through a pop quiz because he wasn't thinking, he was very clearly just not focused on it. You know, the ref is telling him the fight's over and he's like slapping his hands and looking at the, looking at Uncle I trying to go fight him because he thinks the fight isn't over because all he's thinking about is the fight. He's not thinking about any other details. And is that well? He might be thinking about that win bonus. Well, yeah, that's not. But and this might be a good time to pimp my own shit. Uh, so <laughs> I got a, I got an interview with Dean Thomas coming out, UFC pioneer, and I asked him about you know some things he would change about MMA. And one of the things is he talks about the pay structure and how the win bonus is kind of outdated, and uh, how illegal or uh, knees to the head of a downed opponent should be legal. Of and I course, couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more. So be on the lookout for that interview. It's a goodie. Oh, I also want to note we we've got a one of our 
but one of our viewers here had this, I don't know, thing about the the having weight on it. That is actually like it came up recently for another fight. It's it is the ABC guideline. So commissions, it'll change a bit, commission to commission, because all commissions in the US are different. But the general ABC guideline for knees to a grounded opponent to try and solve the the touch hand game and all that, the the subjective quality of trying to play the game is that it is supposed it is not an illegal strike if just like the fingertips are on the ground if if, if the, the hand is brushing the mat it has to be a weight bearing limb you have to be propped on it firmly yeah so, that's, that's some dumb shit i'm just gonna say that right now right like we got to do away with that altogether. the game's got to go away yeah the knee should be legal like, which which is why the you know when we're watching tape and we're talking about this in a minute the Tim Elliott Muhammad Mokayev fight where there were like three instances of knees that looked like they might have been illegal none of those knees were actually illegal because when Elliott's pulling up even when Mokayev gets his hand back on the mat the yeah. hand is no longer supporting his weight right so the knee isn't illegal anymore anyway it's so which stupid. is why too good refing in that fight the ref looked at the video saw that and just like threw them back in position and was like oh those weren't illegal go back to it you know right anyway but i mean honestly that was like a turning point right yeah no it was still the end (laughs) it was still not great officiating we'll get there and and it's still a good it's still a better argument than anything else to get rid of that rule it is far too vague and nonsensical and it was only made worse when they tried to do the whole like oh one knee two knees all that change like five years ago and half the commissions were just like no we're not changing anything and now it's dean thomas even talked about how it's partially responsible for the death of a good guard yeah you don't have to you can hang out there and play the game you don't need to you know and you can say the turtle turtle is a guard but you know, when you got knees coming at you like that and, and you have to account for that and train for that, I think yeah. a lot more people would be much quicker to go back to a full guard. No, no question. No question. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I guess they'll probably re redo the fight. It was interesting because, like, Walker was crashing some hard kicks in before oh, Uncle dude, Elias that, started that tagging. body cross right and walker doubled over and it looked like yeah. he was in pain but maybe he wasn't and then he sprung her with the flying knee that was sick it was a cool fight i wouldn't mind re- re-watching it i'm sure the ufc will probably try to make it again but yeah this was just weird weird nonsense and it's another weird of dude he's to blame. Yeah. i'm telling it you. is well johnny walker's got his own weirdness too yeah i mean walker is he's also a dude known for just making i should have seen this coming i should have known with the weirdness and the wonkiness that we would have got either a draw or a no contest here i should have seen that coming yeah all right that brings us to a middleweight fight ikram alaskarov warley alves and i'll admit I was not the biggest Alaskarov believer in the world. Even the knockout over Phil Haas, I was like, okay, well, you know. You blame so, Haas for that kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Julian Marquez iced Phil Haas, too. Is Julian Marquez the next great middleweight contender? No. You know? Warley Alves, he's not the most consistent fighter out there, 
But seeing him get iced like this, it's clear Alex Garov has some serious, serious power going on. Yeah, serious power, um, just nasty, uh, instinctual combinations. Like mm-hmm. that finishing sequence was insane. Yeah. Well, first of all, he hurt him with the jab, right? Hurt him with like, the jab. Let's not forget the the power jab. And, and then, then pops like, up with the flying knee. Dude, the jump and switch knee. He like, come yeah. That is insane. Like, that's a big boy throwing that. And it was so fluid. And then just flurried on him and slumped him against the cage for the finish. Like, that's that's badass. That's a badass yeah. finish. And uh, is. and here's the thing. Like, so his last three fights, Kimura, two minutes, nine seconds. Phil Hawes, that was two minutes and ten seconds. Warley Alves, two minutes and seven seconds. Like, what in the hell? Yeah, this dude's got somewhere to be. He he, things are clicking for him right now, and yeah, I mean, it, even you know, Warley Alves, he is. Even though he's been finished before, usually what happens to Warley Alves is he'll get in a war, and the it'll just sort of start to get away from him, and he'll start start to melt down and. You know, get tired, get lost in the middle of battle, start stop seeing things. He's never just had somebody go out there and just crush him. Yeah, that's never happened to Warley Alves. So for that, for that Ikram Alaskarov to do that, Randy Brown did beat his ass. Like the whole way through, he beat his ass. If I remember. Yeah, but it was also like off his back that he ended up finishing that fight. Like Alves wasn't just out of that fight. I'm not saying Alves can't get beat. I'm just saying he doesn't usually he doesn't get slept instantly. But like he was only on his back because he threw a crazy kick or a knee or something explosive. Yeah, sure. Point being, Alves not a world beater, but you know, a solid test for sure. Yeah. Someone durable or reasonably durable to not just get steamrolled like he doesn't exactly. belong there. Yeah. yeah. It's enough for me to feel like, okay, Alice Garov might be a cut above the standard rank-and-file middleweight. And if he's that, then that's, you know, that that's all it takes to be a top 10, top 15 guy in that division. And, and after that, we'll start to see what the tests look like. And what's cool is, like, let's say he, he does continue to, to go this route and he climbs the ladder. He has a built-in storyline with Hamzat. Yeah, you know I mean, he's the only guy to beat him. Lost by knockout. If you know, if Hamza continues his trajectory, maybe he gets up the belt, and uh, they can rematch later on. So, a lot of upside here. Yeah, Both I, I would narrative and just excitement. Like the dude's fun to watch. I would not at all mind seeing him face, uh, you know, remake that fight with Nasadin Imavov. Uh, or let's see what else makes it. he was calling for a shot in the top ten, so I mean, you know, well Paulo Costa, who knows what's happening with him, but he could fight Jack Hermanson, or hell, I'd even watch him fight Marvin Vittori, you know. Um, yeah, that would work, or Brendan Allen. Allen's got Paul Craig in front of him right now, but like I said, know. Brendan Allen. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> point is, he's at a point where, oh, or two, 
I mean, this would be fun as hell. Anthony Hernandez is out there. Hmm. I always forget about. I can't even believe he's. How is he ranked? Oh, oh, I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of Alexander Hernandez. This is Fluffy you're talking about. Yeah, Fluffy. That's fun, right? That's fun. That's a lot of fun. That's the fight to make. Yeah. So, all right, that brings us to a bantamweight bout: Saeed Nurmagomedov, Muingafarov, and. A cool finish for Nurmagomedov in a fight that I'll say personally, I 100% saw this coming. Like, I figured this would be exactly what would happen. Um, ditto. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're just kind of a, a, a different. They've proved different things, right? Yeah. Like, Nurmagomedov's been there. Like, he's got some serious, um, he's got a body of work, right? Like, him strangling Cody Stamen. Okay. That's like. Yeah. Okay, you can deal with someone who's just aggressive and physical. Or that um, fight he had with Saeed Yakub Hakramanov, who where Hakramanov was just like absolutely working him with wrestling for two and a half rounds. And for him to just like get that little bit too predictable and get insta subbed with the ninja choke. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go look at Gafarov and you watch him be this like totally unhinged wild man who cares not even a tiny bit about his defense at all. It's just like, I mean, you are just going to run straight into getting choked out. Right. There's, there's no <laughs> two ways about this. Yeah. So. Um, Gafarov is fun and all, but um, he just doesn't seem like a world beater, you know? Yeah, no. It seems like he has a clearly defined ceiling. He's going to be a fun action fighter, but I feel like Nurmagomedov is is top tier. He's elite. Yeah, this was this was kind of a weird fight for the UFC to make, considering where you know what Gafarov has shown in the UFC to date. Which right, you know. it was kind of a, a it's a sizable step back for Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Sizable step back for him, and but that's I mean, fine. Like he he comes out and strangles dude like this, yeah. and here's here's like the the most wicked part of it all. Gafarov tapped, but the ref was on the other side, um, and so Nurmagomedov lets go on his own accord out of mercy, sheer mercy. But Gafarov still went to sleep. Yeah, poor poor little bugger. Right? <laughs> that sucks. Like you tap and you still go to bed. <sighs> that is a tragedy. Well, you know what we got to see now, though? What's that? Saeed Nurmagomedov against uh, Chris Gutierrez. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That probably makes more sense than anything. Who did Gutierrez yeah. just beat? He just beat Haile Alatang and, uh, oh, yeah. in, in a fight that you, you gave me a bunch of shit about for, not being, for being into watching Gutierrez on the back foot. With right. his... It sucked. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly the matchup to make. Yeah. All right. That brings us down into the prelim card. Muhammad Mokayev, Tim Elliott. And yeah, this was another example of weird officiating on the night. There were two or th- I think just two instances. Once in round one and once in round three, I believe. Where Tim Elliott got got Mokayev in a compromised position, 
started landing knees, mm-hmm. and the ref stepped in and stopped him. And each time, the first time the ref did it, they went and looked at the tape, and then they were just like, oh, okay, well, that looks like it was fine. I, I don't even know if they did if they warned him or if they said it was fine or what. He, I think he got a light warning, even though it looked like the strikes were legal. And then they just restarted them instantly out at distance. They didn't give him the position back or anything. Mm-hmm. And then the second time they stopped it and looked, they actually did give him the position back because they realized the strikes were legal. But it both cases, it's got to be said, that was a huge momentum killer for Tim Elliott. Uh, two things. One, you can't fucking do that, right? You can't stop a fight and then go to replay. That's the end of the fight if you do that, right? Well, I mean, they didn't do it at Mokayev's right. request. It was just the ref catching the replay on his own accord. That just yeah weird. Like, why are you intervening like that? Like, you yeah. made a call. It's true. Like, you made a call. You can't, you can't like, just be like, just kidding. Right, there has well, to be some formality. That's what they're trying to get make happen more with the instant replay thing is that refs can be more like, oh, just kidding. Yeah, but by definition, that should only be for a fight ending sequence, right? Uh, they're trying to make it more live action, which is what we're like, how do you mean trying to make it? Like, what's the rules say? You know? Again, the, there is no commission in Abu Dhabi. There, right? yeah, there is no rule set officially. And all the like MMA rules and MMA officiating, it's very subjective. If that if this card didn't show it, I don't know what else would. Yeah. But it's sure. all it's all there's a lot of it is just laid at the feet of the referee to say, do you feel like this is how you want to do things or not? You know? There are fouls that the referee can just say, Oh, I don't think in that situation, the way you did that, I don't think it's a foul. You know? Yeah, and we, then we talk intentional. Like, what was the intention behind it? And that's subjective. Yeah, so, and or how how much did it affect the fight? That's another right. big thing that refs is supposed to consider. It's like, oh, do I call this a foul or do I weigh this heavily? I'll do so based on how much I think it affected the fight. So you can get somebody getting need in the balls, and the ref says, oh, well, that's a warning for you. And it happens to the next guy, and they say, oh, well, that's a point taken for you because it affected the fight harder, and, you know, it, it seemed like a bigger deal. Hold on, it, Zane. Zane, not mm-hmm. a single point was taken tonight. No, I know. Not a single point was taken tonight. Are you kidding me? No. Man, in the in the Usman-Hamzat fight, they were both getting away with fence grabs. Yeah. Both yeah. of them. Both of them. No you're not cheating. You're not trying. You got, hey, the you got to cheat in them. The rest were letting them play. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this is 1980s NBA, not 2023 NBA. But going back to that sequence, yeah. um, once they got restarted the second time in the third round, and uh, that's when Mokayev hit that nasty peak out. Yeah. Get on top. And then from there, he was super methodical, you know, getting full mount, getting his choke. But, I mean, if you just watch the progression of the fight, the longer the fight went on, the less resistance Elliot was given um, on the ground. Like, round one, he's yeah. on elbows. He's being nasty down there. Round two, less less um, less strikes, more, more uh, control, more yeah. trying things from his back, submission attempts. 
and then got, the third time got slammed that was a great slam from oh my goodness that was a spike that was no, it wasn't weird. it wasn't technically because if you're holding if you're holding on to the position if you're holding on to the submission you can't be spiked if you're controlling your opponent's body by putting them in a submission it's on you to let go when they lift you up oh i mean i i see no issue with it i'm yeah. not calling foul no, I'm just I saying, dude got fucking spiked. Like, it, I, I'm just saying here for technically whatever, dude got fucking spiked into the ground. I just want the production team to be a little more in in Daniel Cormier's ear because I don't. It is amazing that that man became UFC champion with that poor grasp of what the MMA rules are. It's like he's watching that. And he's like, oh well, because he had an arc to it. It's not a spike. But if he just dropped him straight down, it'd be a spike. He's like, what? No. No, that you don't know the rules. The rules are if the opponent has is engaging with the person picking them up and is in control of their body position because of that engagement, it's not a spike. You can't spike somebody if they're, you know, somebody has you in a triangle or we saw the just the other day the guy with the buggy, buggy choke slams. Did you see that over on Twitter going around? Oh yeah. Like if you're holding on to a buggy choke you can't be spiked. You're just getting slammed because you just let go of the buggy choke and the the slam goes away. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's an MMA thing. It's different yeah. than jiu-jitsu. Of course, of course. But yeah. No, totally legit, legal. I'm, I love that it happened. It, it was fantastic. And yeah. I think Elliot told his corner in between rounds that he like went out for yeah. a second. During yeah, he got flash KO'd. So that was pretty sick. Um but I also got to say, like, kind of saw this one coming, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? like if, if Elliot's losing and you can and you got a submission game, you're going to get you're going to choke him. Elliot has always been a wild scrambler. He's always been a guy who will give up positions and give up opportunities in scrambling to try to escape, to try to make something happen, to try to reengage and initiate the fight again. And Mokaev is just he's too clinical for that. You know, yeah, man, he, he's fun. He is. He has such a um, a style not suited at all for this weight class. <laughs> it's the worst style, but hey, hey he makes it work. Yeah, and his striking did look better here. I will say he, that. it is slowly, slowly getting better. It's still not a comfortable part of his game, but it's getting which better. which which makes his call out interesting. Calling for Kai Care of France. Yeah, he's a phenomenal striker. Phenomenal and he's been much better lately at defending takedowns too. Gotten a lot better at that in recent fights. You so. think that's too much too soon, or you think fuck it? It's the I think Tim Elliott, go for it. I think fuck it. I I say just with Mokai because he's got so much experience coming from the amateurs and all that. Mm-hmm. Like his game is at a place that it has it's shallow, and I don't know that he's a good enough athlete to carry off the game he wants to carry off. He wants to be Khabib out there. And right at flyweight, at flyweight, right. and he's just not strong enough compared to his division for that. True, but he um, doesn't fully have his grown man strength. I think he, he's he, only twenty three. Yeah, he doesn't have the grown man strength. But I'm saying is he's got a game that's been he's practiced it a lot. He's had a lot of cage time. He fights like a seasoned vet. He fights like a guy who he knows what positions he he's in and what's available to him in every position. Yeah, you can't so, submit him either. Yeah. After so, yeah, watching, I, him, watching him gut through that one knee bar, no, nah, yeah. you're not submitting him. 
So I just say, yeah, throw him into the deep end. And if he sinks, he seems like the kind of dude who's going to bounce back and be better for it. You know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a Henry Cejudo kind of thing where, yeah, he got he got chewed up by uh, DJ in their first fight, and then he just went right back to work. Mm-hmm. So Motivated. yeah, yeah, I think Mokaev is that same kind of competitor. Um, otherwise, lightweight bout. Trevor Peak, Muhammad Yaya. I'm a little worried. I'm just gonna say this up front. I think Trevor Peak is trying to get better, and I don't want to see that. <laughs> right. You want him wild. I want him wild. Yeah. I want wild, messy, you know, fights like a deer locked in an elementary school classroom, Trevor Peak. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. I don't I, I don't I want to see Trevor Peak wrestling. I'm sure that? his family disagrees with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, but I know what you're you're saying. Like uh it's the whole dance with the one that brought you thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. But he still got the win here. He got the win, yeah. Um and like I felt like when it, before it was all said and done, he resorted to just using his physicality to win the fight. Yeah. Let uh, end of the fight, Trevor Peak was what I really was. Yeah. That's what I was showing up for. Yeah, it's still in there, but it's it is. You know, he uh, did what he had to do. Yeah, he got it done. He, he did that early knockdown. He did. He did. Muhammad Yaya, I will say, is one of a few fighters on this card picked up where watching him out there, you're just like, why is why is the UFC why? putting on these fights? You know why? I know. He's, I from, know. he's the, the first UAE fighter. I know. It's like the Alessio Sakara thing back in the day. I know. We got an Italian fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the presses. He's from Italy for real. <laughs> like he's got the tattoos and everything. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah, no. Yaya does not strike me as a dude who will be long for the long for the octagon. Uh, that that brings us. You got to mm-hmm. check the YouTube, bro. <laughs> he has he hasn't achieved peak peak yet. No, he hasn't. Achieved, we have not yet. We have yet to see peak peak. <laughs> but uh, all right, that moves us to our other really bad moment of this card for this doctor who has no idea what he's doing, but the UFC still signed him up to be ringside physician for this fight. Yeah, dude, this fucking guy. <laughs> First of all, ball shots galore, right? Like, yeah, dude might have a ruptured ball. Anyways, he goes down. Henry goes down like face plants from a ball shot, right? Yeah. They bring in the doctor, and like the first thing the doctor says, he's like, "Hey, it it hit the it hit your leg. It didn't it didn't hit your cup. It didn't hit your balls." You Meanwhile, know? like and Henry like, is there, like crying, nearly dry <laughs> heaving. Dude, he was like, it's my dick and balls. What are you talking about? It's my dick and balls. It's not just the balls. It's dick and balls. And it's like, it's like that's your, you're the doctor. Like you're the licensed medical physician. And you're first, the first thing you say is, oh, I didn't hit you. Like, Yeah. And And the worst part is too, like, so we all see the replay and the best that the replay can do is just be inconclusive. Mm-hmm. Like the ring is in the way. 
The yeah. guys are in the way of the camera. You gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. You gotta give him the benefit of the doubt there. I mean, this man had to be carried out of the cage like a new bride. Josh Barnett is carrying him over <laughs> the threshold. <laughs> and, you know, he had to go straight to the hospital. Like Not funny. He had a no. testicular ultrasound. Yeah. I don't wish that on anybody. No. Like on anybody. Um yeah, I feel like the doctor should get charged 20% of his purse for his performance. Yeah, no kidding. Like, he needs a yellow card. Can we yellow card this doctor? I'm just glad that the rest of the officials basically just ignored that, and they were like, no, this is no contest. Because that could have been a sign that they, you know, if the doctor had convinced the rest of the officiating crew that it was not a foul, then... Which is not the doctor's job at fucking all. Yeah. The doctor not. should not be talking about whether a shot was legal or not in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, do the doctor is... protocol, do your yeah. nut inspection, do your yeah. doctor shit, but outside of that, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Can he fight or can he not fight? That's all you're there for. Can he fight yeah. or can he not fight? Your interpretation of the rules doesn't mean a fucking thing. Shut up and can he fight, <laughs> can he not fight, now get the fuck out of here. That's what someone should have said. <sighs> like... Yeah. Where's Tan Dan when you need him? No kidding. You know what I mean? That so, unhinged. Because if he had convinced the other the other officials, you could that you know that could have headed for a TKO win for Basharat off of that. Like I'm I'm glad that that uh, cooler heads prevailed and they're like, no, okay, obviously we've got a foul here. And it honestly, too, I know there's some talk about oh, it should have been a DQ or whatever out there. To me, this is like the picture perfect what a no contest should look like. Right. Because that shot that Basharat landed on Henry, we've seen guys get hit with that a hundred times before. And it is pretty much never that bad. What happened to Henry there is specifically damaging out of the ordinary. Something... Something got caught crosswise. I don't know if something got twisted around or mm-hmm. spun or crushed, you know, whatever. Pinched. Pinched. Something got something got caught in a way that would not normally with normal groin kicks because we've seen a ton of them. And the fight had to be stopped for a foul. You know, and so in a case like that where it's a foul where you would normally be like, okay, well, you know, we'll take a minute. You can recover, and then we'll restart the fight. It, that's a perfect no contest point to be like, okay, well, this is just a freak, a freak accident, freak incident. Sure, and we got to. Uh, Henry wasn't stationary; he was moving forward. When yeah, he was. So it was yeah. clearly an accident. Like it, it yeah. would be really difficult to to try to pin some sort of ill intent on this one. Yeah, it wasn't even like oh they were in the clinch and throwing knees to the body like this was a sidekick right. This is not the uncle I have knee on Walker where he's controlling Walker's position and he's just like decide no I'm gonna wind up on a knee to his temple right now. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad it was a no contest. Um, Well, I'm not glad, but yeah, the outcome could have been way more uh, just erroneous. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't know how badly Henry's injured. I would love to see this fight. This was a sleeper hit fight on the undercard was, you know, should have been a great, I know it wasn't like the first round wasn't that special, but it was, it looked, 
I don't need to see it again. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Like I don't care enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't need to see that fucking doctor again. No, the the UFC, like I say, this is their this is their fault. They they put this guy on the job. So it, and for Dana White to come in later and be like, oh, he's inexperienced. It's like, well, why, why did you bring him on? If you know that already, then why did you let him in the building? He's, he's related to somebody. I don't know. You're, you're trying to be the NFL of MMA and you're like bringing in a peewee, co- your peewee ref from the, you know, to, to, to ref the Super Bowl. You're like, yeah, yeah, get Maybe. out there, bro. Does this doctor have any any experience on the regional circuit? I doubt it. Yeah, he's I don't not know. even Pee Wee. Probably he's probably full on like this is his first gig ever. I think he actually was. People were saying he was the same doctor who was there the last time the UFC was in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and there was some weirdness with that card too. Let me see if I can. Well, I know they had that one referee that was almost let someone die. Like, yeah, there was that fight, and he got removed. See, when was the UFC back in Abu Dhabi last? They were there. Oh my God! Come on, was it a year? Like a year ago, maybe or not? Uh, it was UFC two eighty. So yeah, I guess it was a year ago. And eh, I don't know. That was also the fight where that was the card where TJ Dillashaw got to fight despite a completely separated shoulder. Mm, so mm. UFC doing their own commission work. I got some questions. Oh yeah, well just wait till January first when they start doing their own drug testing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where we'll get the the real pro stuff. All right, that takes us to a middleweight fight, a, a middleweight trash fire disaster area. Cedric was Dumas. Abu is Itar. And this is another case where it's just like with both of these guys, it's like, what are you, why are they here? Why do we need this? You know? This is, for me, it felt like one guy who didn't want to be there. Ozzy yeah. Was, and one guy that didn't know how to be there. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, man, this sucks. This is slow with like little sprinkles of explosions and, for me, there's nothing worse than watching someone fight who doesn't want to fight. That's, that's yeah. one of the worst things for me. I, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, Azaitar is a dude who he is the ultimate heavy bag fighter. Just going out there, hoping to tee off on somebody with punches. And the moment that stops working, he doesn't want anything else to do with the rest of MMA. And Dumas just doesn't have skills. Like, have any skill yeah he doesn't know how to strike at all i mean at one point john anik was like oh we know dumas is a good striker it's like we we do not know that john you should not be saying that right that is not okay to say this man imitating stuff (laughs) yeah i'll cut up some slack but no he's yeah he's super raw super green which i mean i guess he's in a good division for it but yeah um, Hard to see him being able to make waves. Like he's so I'm not sure. No, yeah. Like he's so raw. He's so raw that like I'm not even sure if he could make it. How old is he? Uh he's not that young either. He's I thought he was like mid twenties, maybe. He is oh, yeah, twenty eight. Okay. He's twenty eight. So yeah, hard to see uh 
hard to see him making hard to see him getting specialized by the time he makes it yeah. uh, to his prime. Well, too, like I get, I hate to say it, but like you know, they're talking about oh, he's training out in like New Orleans for this camp and all that. And it's like, with who? What's what's the New Orleans fight camp out there that like? Um, don't they have voodoo down there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Witchcraft, you know, maybe I don't fucking know. Uh, it's not. It's not a camp that I would be trusting to see somebody like him make big technical leaps. You know, maybe he'll go like the OSP route. I that that seems like the most likely thing. Uh, anyway. Someone said Poirier, but we all know he's an ATT South Florida. Yeah, and when he's doing his other thing with, like, the Tim Cruder. Uh, sure. Cruder told him he was too big for the pond there. Yeah, but that respectfully, of course. That camp is not in New Orleans either. Like, I don't know where he does his camp right now, but it's, let's see. Lafayette. Yeah, that's Lafayette. That's not New Orleans. Anyway. Uh, that brings us to a catch weight. Should have been a lightweight bound. Or about Mike Breeden, Anshul Jubilee. And I have to feel very good about this one. Because I was like, man... Anshul Jubilee is not a good fighter. I know Mike Breeden is nobody special, but th- he should not be losing this fight. Like, Jubilee is raw, raw, raw. Oh, yeah, that's right. Somebody else managed the uh, mentioned the hair, hair grabbing from Azaitar Dumas oh, and the man. other core right. gripe there from DC on the night feeling like his hair pulling illegal. And then come back, comes back later, and he's like, "No, I know the rules, everybody. It's okay." And then he's like, d- "Does the whole thing about like not, you know, talking about the guy getting spiked and all that?" And it's like, "DC, do you really know the rules? Because you don't know how to judge a fight." Um, nah. Yeah, yeah it's you know, I guess I can't expect him to know all the rules, and I guess he doesn't have to. Honestly, like, it's you don't just amazing that like. He became champ, two division champion, and it's just like. Well, he knows the, he knows. Well, <laughs> hey, you're talking to someone who uh, who held the towel, okay, to make weight. So sure, yeah. he knows the rules, and he knows how to bend the rules. Yeah, the important rules. He knows the important rules, but anyway, I guess the hair pulling didn't apply to him, so he never worked. Yeah, yeah, him. he never had to learn that one. <laughs> All right, Mike Breeden. Anshul Jubilee, and uh, I'll say this, Jubilee looked better than he had before. He he looks fast. He threw a ton of volume, but he is a defensive void, so it was really good to see Breeden just get to the point where he's like, I got to bite down and just start throwing and not trying to wait on this guy at range to see what happens. He's got Jubilee has skills offensively on the feet. Yeah. He definitely has skills. My issue and why I picked Breeden here is because Jubilee, his posture is not that of like an alpha dog fighter. 
Like, not. He is tripping over himself. Um, he is, um, aside from not having that dog in him, like he's just not planted. He's Breen not literally ate the dog. He ate has him. all of the dog. And yeah, it was barking bark- to escape. He was, he was barking at him. <laughs> and another thing, I cannot believe they let Breeden enter this fight with fucking stitches. No, and stitches. staff. Stitches and staff. And staff. Oh my God. That's insane. Like, how does he clear the inspection point with that? Um, right. But damn, he's tough as shit, man. He was eating, and Jubilee was doing some really good stuff in the first round, in the second round. I love the way that he was finishing his combinations with that knee up the middle, which was landing just just as Breeden was trying to counter. I was like, yeah. damn, that's fucking brilliant. But round three, it's like it's almost as if Ju- Jubilee, like the the batteries died in his controller because <laughs> he he didn't do shit. He did no, nothing I mean- but get bent and tagged. And folded ultimately. So these guys coming off the uh, Indian regional scene are not getting pushed or tested in any way, shape, or form. So you know, for him, this is probably like the first fight he's ever really had where somebody just wasn't going to get overwhelmed by him and worried about how fast and big he was. And once Breeden didn't go away, Jubilee did. So yeah. Yeah, once, you know, the cardio faded, and it's round three, the guy's still coming at you. Not only coming at you, coming at you while barking. Like, yeah. he, he went full DMX out there. Like, <laughs> my man was barking at him, telling him, I got that dog in me, and just, like, that's intimidating. Especially, you've never felt that before, and you're gassed, and you just hit this dude with everything you have. It's like a bad dream. That's a bad dream. Yeah. That's a hard lesson. But yeah, Jubilee, I don't want to call him soft, but his posture is just not that of someone who is firmly planted to the ground. No, he's he's not used to he, he's not he's movable. Been, he's not been put built up to fight at this level. You know, he just hasn't. And he's getting thrown into the deep end. And unfortunately, Breeden is a pretty shallow point at the deep end, too. Like, yeah, you know. But about that life, dude, he had yeah. that flap of skin hanging off his eyebrow. Yeah, oh, it looked like that thing in the back of the throat. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> dude, that shit was so gross. I yeah. can't stop the fight because of that. Like, where was that doctor? Where was right, that right. doctor at? <laughs> yeah. If there was ever a time for that doctor to come in and be like, wait a minute, guys, safety. That was the time. No. All right. <laughs> That brings to a featherweight bout, Muhammad Naimov, Nathaniel Wood. This is another big officiating miss. Naimov with two groin kicks. I think at least one, maybe two fence grabs. Fence grabs, glove grabs. And the glove grab. I mean, you name it. I felt gross after leaving this fight. I felt this was I, just. I needed a shower after this fight. That's how foul it was. It was so frustrating because the other part of this too is of course nathaniel wood just making a pun a bunch of inexplicably poor decisions too where it's just like this naimov is just bigger and stronger than you man i get that you're not used to being physically outmatched but 
why are you trying to tie up and why are you trying to Kimura this man? You are not Mm going to Kimura somebody with an arm bigger than your leg. It's just not going to happen. That might have just been him trying to finish. Yeah, but no time. I got to find a finish. But I mean, he was early, even early in the fight. He was just tangling with Naimov over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. getting tied up and sucked into wrestling battles. He wouldn't win. And then every time they're out at range, I know he got dropped early, but all the rest of the fight, he had Naimov beat to the punch Mm -hmm. all the time, especially when he was walking him down and Naimov turning along the cage. Yeah, right in front of you. Finish this guy, but on the same token, that's exactly how Malarkey got finished. So I can understand, like, okay, I got to save this dude. Likes to hunker down against when his back's to the cage and and throw heat. Um, But but what is faster and more technical and all that? So it's just one of those things where I'm watching. I'm like really frustrated for Wood, really frustrated at the refs, and at the ref and just like walking away being like, okay, sure. Naimov won a 29, 28 decision, but it doesn't feel like he was the better fighter in the cage. It doesn't feel like he won. That should have been a draw. How he didn't get deducted a point for all those fouls is beyond me. Like it's, yeah. I don't know, man. After the second ball shot, the ref is like, this is a hard warning. Yeah. It's like, what? Come on. Dude, that's insane. And all the all the just the glove grab, fence grab. We're, we're, this is over five fouls in one fight. Yeah. That's a I feel I, bad for Wood. Like this I because this wasn't a fight he needed to take either. Like he's yeah. a borderline top 15 featherweight, and he's walking in here against a guy that nobody knows on the prelims in Abu Dhabi and it's like okay I get it you want to stay active you want to fight in front of a crowd this is closer to home than going to Las Vegas I understand but you just you know you set yourself up in a lose-lose situation here yeah and again not the not the best fight cue out there no initiating a lot of those grappling exchanges yeah frustrating fight and uh I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they do with Naimov going forward either. I don't think he's ready for a big step up in competition. Well, they sit but... him down with Daniel Cormier and go over the rules a little bit. That's what yeah, because Dan DC knows the rules. That'll help. <laughs> Official so they can, they can sit them both. Just just have Daniel Cormier in the rules meeting so meeting so he learns them too. All right. Didn't he just go to that fucking? He did, and he <laughs> forgot how to score. Everything about scoring, he forgot. I think he it thought, just confused him more. Yeah, I think it did. So before that, we had a, a, a strawweight bout, woman's strawweight bout, Victoria Dudikova, Jin Frey, and um, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know what Frey's doing out here, you know? Fulfilling a fantasy? I guess. Yeah, there's got to be like she could, you know, did the broadcast alluded to this, but she could do anything. Yeah, all these degrees. She can go be anything she wants to be. She wants to fight. She wants. Well, she doesn't want to fight. She wants to. She wants to stand around in a circle and look present for fighting. She wants to be on the UFC roster. Yeah. (laughs) And that's fine, too. It's I guess it's just, man, her fights are now like there's nobody I would pick her to beat. And. Then finding out that Victoria Dudikova had staff on her ass and like spread it all over the mat. Yeah. 
so that's two people that fall on this card with staff. Yep. Gonna have like ten people going home with it after this. You know they're not disinfecting that thing between fights. Oh fuck no. It's a oof. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Yikes. All right. That hotel sauna is probably a little stinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Opening the card, Sharbutin Magomedov against Bruno Silva. And um, one of those, like, fun fights, all right showing and also totally exposing fights for Magomedov. You're like, wow. The dude has zero ground game. Zero. Zero. All he does is strike. He did get up a couple times. But, um, yeah, not a single sweep attempt, not a single submission attempt. Uh, at the end of the third, Bruno Silva actually put himself into a fucking triangle. And yeah. Magomedov didn't even recognize it, acknowledge it, just went back to striking. And I'm I'm freaking out. I'm like, ooh, it's right there. Yeah. Cross your leg. It's right there. Just got this. And, he, you know, he didn't recognize it. And then, like, no. in his post-fight speech, he's all like, oh, take me down, no big deal. Strike, strike. Yeah. Like, no, that's a big deal, bro. Yeah. Like, Bruno Silva is not the wrestler in this division. For him right. to just be blast-doubling you all over the octagon. Blast-doubling. Like, yeah. NCAA All-American Bruno Silva. Like, yeah. At yeah. the same time, though, Magomed's kicking, uh, Magomedov's kicking game it looks good. It is a it is a elite level, hard as hell game to handle. He looks like a middleweight Fiziev on the feet. Yeah, like tons of dexterity. He throws heat. It's technical. Um, what's the deal with his eye? Does he have one eye? He he got a the 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 story I heard I've heard at least is that he got, you know, damaged in training or a fight or something and then had, like, a bunch of complications in surgery and has had surgery on it a whole bunch. So it's just kind of screwed up. But it's it's functional? He can. See I have it. no idea. I would, okay. I would assume that it maybe has, like, you know, some percentage of sight. Okay. I'm not but, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. No, I, no, no. I'm only, I'm only saying this because there was a moment, I think it might have been in the first, maybe in the second, but Silva kind of poked him in the eye. And mm. uh uh Magomedov kind of called a timeout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, like he's and like at, and it was like the non-affected. Yeah, eye, yeah. Right. So I I'm like, is he blind right now? Can he see it all out there? Like, what the fuck is going on? So he, I, I'm not sure. I, yeah. I don't know. What the he definitely was. missed the high five, uh, uh, a high five with somebody like going into the cage to start. Oh, man. Mm. <laughs> Maybe hey, that's why he doesn't throw a lot of punches. The depth perception isn't there for it. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Michael anyway. Bisping won a title, though. Yeah. With yeah. one eye. So can be done. All right. We're going to drop jump over and record a little Substack bonus content that'll be dropping on our Substack too. So if you're not signed up for our Substack, go over to the Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack. Subscribe there. Help us out, help keep the keep us alive, keep the site running and all that. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, 
go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.